Can you hear that in the background? Is that a thing that's, I that's hope, audible? I hope that this the spooky music... Whatever. Yeah. What are they what Sabrina, maybe? Yeah. Oh, season two's right. out. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Zeri Islands, Eli. Uh, this is James. How's everyone's shopping going? Shopping? How is everyone's shopping going? What? Was there a shopping holiday that I wasn't aware of? No, but we talked about calling our, our listeners shoppers. Earlier. Oh, that's right. But they don't know about that until now. Ooh. God. So, anyone who's listening to this... You're a little shoppers, because you know what your guests in our supermarket. Attention all Dairy Isle shoppers. Welcome to another episode of, of the, the Dairy, Dairy Isle. Can we introduce the show as like a supermarket Oh my announcement? god, yes, we're going to do a PA system, an intercom. Okay, we also have to go on YouTube and figure out how to do like that effect. Yes. Because I want it. <laughs> I, I can't want wait. It's going to be so good. Uh, so how are you doing today? I'm good. You're Still good? vertical. <laughs> yeah. Not dead, so it's good. Mm. Part of the living. Oh, so do we have an episode for you today? It's going to be a good one. There's I gonna think There's going to be so. tears. There's going to be laughter. And blood. There's going to be blood. Well, we're going to mention blood. Yeah, we're probably going to mention blood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, an interesting week so far. It has? Definitely. Well, I think for you more, the, more so than for me. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely been an exciting week. I've had a pretty exciting week. I've had a pretty beige week. Oh, pre- oh yeah, tan no. week. Yeah, cardboard alert. Jesus. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, it's boy. okay. Those are nice. It is. It's nice to know, like, it's nice to have that standard sometimes, right? A good routine. Yeah, because when, like, it's like coming back from vacation. It sucks to, like, get back from vacation, and then you get to work, and there's, like, fires everywhere that you have to put out. Uh, but, like, if you get back, and it's kind of just, like, this, like, your regular day, like, your standard, it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's a nice transition back. It's like a gentle caress back into, like, it the is. responsibility. It is. I hate, I hate that feeling of coming back from a vacation, or... And it doesn't have to be like a long one, like, oh, I've been in the Bahamas for a week. It could be like, no, we went up to Disney for two days. But then you come back and you're like, fuck, I didn't do the dishes. I have laundry I got to do, like, and everything's out of whack. I know Pam's going to fucking eat my ass out when I get to work. Whoa. She does that? Whoa. I mean, sometimes. Do they have any open positions? (laughs) Are they hiring? Every position with Pam's open, you know what I mean? Get out. Just leave. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, my week has been, my week has been pretty exciting. I, uh, in the last episode we talked about this acting class that I was going to do. Yeah, that's right. You finally did it. I went, I went, yeah, I went to go do it. Okay. So it was great. The question on everyone's mind or at least mine, generally speaking, Uh how was it? Mm. On a scale from one to 10, it was jazz hands. Full 10 jazz hands. Full 10 jazz hands. You know what I mean? You know know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, but it was, it was really, really fun. It was really good. Okay. I, it definitely wasn't what I expected it to be. I didn't really know what I was expecting, to be totally honest. Like, I knew we were going to act at some point. Um, but I'm, I was unsure of, like, the practices of, like, an acting class or course. Uh, so it was really cool to kind of, you know, get in there and have it be, like, this three-hour class where we go through weird, like, warm-up exercises where we're kind of dancing around and doing weird stuff. Um, at, at one point, <laughs> we were told to... Describe the three best things that happened to us this week in gibberish. In gibberish? To like an imaginary person standing in front of us. And like, it's, so there's like 24 adults in a room. Gibberish, hold on, time out. But do you mean gibberish oh, like... Oh, like full gibberish. Like you gotta talk like Pooty Tang. Sip a time out now, Jabe. Oh yeah, like that. That's amazing. Yeah, so I'm just standing there like shibbity bop doobie, tiki top, minamina, uh, shubadabado. 
So, basically talking like we're in The Sims. Pretty much, yeah. Bezel Blab Glibdarg. <laughs> but it's 24 adult humans in a room doing that at the same time. At this, that is just a cacophony yeah. of fucking dumbness. And then we that just get fun. to see, we get to see our teacher kind of just look at us like, yes. This yes. Is, I can't believe people pay me for this. <laughs> this is incredible. They pay me $300 a month to make me, <laughs> this is perfect. Talk like a baby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but it was, so there, like, there was stuff like that where I just didn't, it really did help open you up because that's kind of like the point of those exercises, right? Is to get you out of your own head, let you be silly and kind of just be like, oh, okay, this is the space that I'm inhabiting now. I'm inhabiting this very open, free, non-judgmental, you know, just do you, cause I, that's, you, have, you can't go in there with like this shield up, you know, because then you're, you're going to be reserved. You're not going to be as open. You're not going to be as natural. So it was like it was really cool to see that kind of like play itself out. Um, it was it was also funny because when I got there, I had to get there early because I had to like sign all the paperwork and stuff. Mm. But there were like four people sitting in the class that had gotten there early. Class started at six thirty. It was like six fifteen. So, evening, correct? Yeah, in, in the evening. Yeah, not the with Jesus Christ. I don't, dude, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what actors do. Uh, so we so I walk in the class and then on paper it was supposed to be like this is kind of like a free class. It's a Getting a feel for it, showing you what it is, what we do. Uh, so I sat down kind of like toward the back, like to myself. I wasn't really, because like, I figured like, oh, I'm just going to observe. Uh, and then our, like the teacher Ralph walks in and sees that like none of us are talking to each other. It's like five of us in the room at this point. No one's talking to each other. And immediately he's like, oh no, you sit with him, uh, you sit with her and uh, start talking about your weekends or your days or whatever. Just, like, just talk. And we're like, oh. Okay, so we just get up. No, we're just like, hey, what's up, I'm James? I'm in. Oh, so you know, how long have you been here? How like that regular phatic communication mm-hmm. that people yeah. that people engage in, uh, and then all of a sudden he was just like, all right, switch, and so like, okay, like just get up, switch around. Um, <clears throat> it was really great to be in a room like that with with the ability to leave all of my like whatever insecurities or, or preconceived notions or whatever I thought was going to happen. Like I just left that shit at the door and it was nice to have an environment where it was just like, like you have no choice. You're here, right? You're going to do the thing. And everyone there was like that. It was really, really cool to be in a room where everyone was just willing to be that open, you know, and that comfortable with each other. It was really cool. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, we just did a bunch of other improv exercises and stuff and we eventually got like casted for our, our roles for the scene. Cause the way it works is it's like every month they film the scene. Um, so it's like first week is casting and like, like, uh, like cold reads and then you have rehearsals and then you have like blocking rehearsals, which is where you're going to like set up how the movement's going to be on camera. And then right. that last week is filming. Right. And like the entire thing is dedicated to filming. Um, so I'm really excited. I, uh, I love my partner. My scene partner is great. Uh, her name's Anna Karen. She's awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just super, I'm just super stoked. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time and I haven't had the opportunity. And now that I, I have it, like, I'm so, like, I'm obsessed. It's like all I can think about. And how, how many times do you go to class? Oh, uh, it's once a week. So you, for, for okay. the, for the monthly payment, it's four classes, four classes a month okay. and, and they're three hour classes. Like they're right, not, you're there for a while. Yeah. I was really surprised. We were there from six to nine. I was like, holy shit. So, uh, so it's great. Um, for anyone interested uh, it's called Miami Acting Studio. It's run by a man named Ralph Kennard. He's great. Lovely man. Shout uh, out to Ralph. Ra- shout out to Ralph. Cheers to Ralph. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a really fun time, man. It's, uh, 
it's a great little studio in the heart of Wynwood. Um, it's right next to 1-800-LUCKY, if you know where that is. Um, and it's, I, I love it. I haven't been there yet. To 1-800-LUCKY? Yeah. Oh, we need to go. Yeah, no, it's super fun. We, should, we have to plan a day for that one. Mad noodles, son. Oh, so many noodles. Mad noodles. Dog, so many noodles. And bow. I love bow. Mm, they so got, tasty. they got, they have a, an entire little setup just for bow. They also have an entire little setup just for Pokeballs. Yuck. You've been fucking up. You've been playing yourself. Shit. That's what I'm saying. Damn, I'm wasting time. Mm. Way to go, like, right now. In fact, you know what? We're done with the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it now. Fucking noodles and bow, baby. Jesus Christ, no. The reason I've been yawning so much, by the way, mm-hmm. your whole story, I'm not bored. Oh, because I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I know, I draw. I'm just still, like, I'm, 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 like, coming down off of the food, mm. and those sweet potato tater tots. Oh. Yo. So we made the, we like made the mistake. Girl. You're like, mm-hmm. we made the mistake of eating right before this podcast. So now we're just falling on her. Yeah, I'm on my, like, third cup of coffee. I've just been having water. Uh, yeah. So I have to fight through this like a man. Well, don't worry. I have meth. So. Thank God. We can just do some of that. We'll tweak out on the podcast. that <laughs> will be great. Scratching be great. our necks. <laughs> what is that sound? Oh, it's me ripping the skin off my neck. <laughs> I'm chewing through my own lip. Oh, dear God. You know, meth. The yush. <laughs> How about you? How's your week? Pretty uh, again, pretty basic. Pretty standard. Yeah, pretty standard. Um, we're doing inventory at the store. Oof. Um, fun. I've had nothing to Always do with the that. most fun. Yeah, I've had nothing to do with it, thankfully. Um, like, the thing is, like, I, I'm learning that the older I get, especially in a retail environment, if if I get asked to do something and I don't want to do it, and, like, that thing is not, like, the make or break between me losing my job, I'm finding it's really easy to be like, hey, you got it, and then just not do it. And then you just, yeah, you're just yeah. like, oh. Or pass the buck to somebody else, which is a horrible trait, and it's not like a, it's not like a natural thing that I do where I'm like, I don't want to do that, you do it. But there's sometimes that they'll be like, hey, I need you to do this. And I just don't do that. At and all. it's it's almost like it's being rewarded in the sense that it's not being punished. So you're like, okay, yeah. I guess I can do that. Yeah. At least for a little while. I mean, or I, I wouldn't make a habit of it. No, I mean, like most of the time if I do it, I just replace that task with another task that is equally as busy. But you're like, oh, oh, I was doing this though. I've done that too. Nice. Where they've asked me, like, hey, can we take care of this? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of in the middle of this thing, and I like to finish one task at a time, so I'll get to it if I've got time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't, I'll, I'll get somebody else. And most of the time, the, the supervisors are like, yeah, all right, fine. Well, I feel like your weeks are going to get a little bit less boring if we start doing all the things we're talking about. we got some plans for this, for this podcast and the promotion of this podcast. Yeah. And for intros. That shit's going to be dope. I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited too. for it. But yeah, I mean, the... Uh, the only thing I've got going on, I guess, for April that's going to be interesting is um, I finally signed up for that CAM licensing course. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I can do, like, HOA management and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I know it's always been your dream. It definitely has not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it makes decent money, like, as a career, even as a junior property mm-hmm. manager. Um, it's, how can I explain? Like, I, I thought about it. I was talking to, to Mills about it, and... It was one of those, like, well, I've looked at all the different jobs that I've had mm-hmm. throughout my life, and yeah. I realized that they've given me the skills, I think, to so far be an effective, like, HOA manager. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm really bad at is math, and most of the job descriptions I see involve a lot of, like, understanding finances and how to, like, budget for something. It's really not difficult. But, like, I don't know how to use Excel, because I've never actually sat down and used it, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's one of those, like, well, you know, like, let's look at this simply how much money did we make last year how much money did we make the year before and the year before that Mm -hmm. 
if there's huge differences, then okay, where's the problem? If there isn't, then I can will I can pretty much expect to make more or less the same amount of money this year for the HOA. So that's the amount of money we need to budget, right? Like within that, we have to look at projects, get multiple quotes, get estimates, things like that. There's so working in finance. There's you do as an overall, like as a macro view. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. You forecast what your costs are going to be for the year. You look at your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to. You also have to look at like your liabilities. Um, there's, but like you have to. You have to eventually start getting into a more granular kind of. Of course. Look at it to not get like too into the weeds on this. Um, because that's really exciting, by the way. Is a podcast yes, about yes, finance. finance. Uh, there are podcasts about finance. I know there are, but they're probably way more popular yeah. than we are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fourteen million downloads a month. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, but basically, like, you have to always. You're basically like always balancing that checkbook, right? So like, you have to you have to track your debits and credits. You have to reconcile your accounts for the month and see like where's money coming in, where's money going out, because it, it can so easily get out of hand when you have such a big entity with mm-hmm. so many hands, right? So especially if, like, it, I don't know how many people are authorized to spend money on certain things. I don't know. You know, like, the structure is, it's all dependent on the structure, right? Like, I work for a very large, you know, conglomerate. So yeah, you do. But not even conglomerate, but, like, a, like a multinational corporation. Um, so it's even more ridiculous than, than, than that. But uh, there's, there's definitely... There's definitely like a method to all that madness. Mm-hmm. Excel is not difficult. Excel makes everything easier once you learn the formulas for Excel. But you just have to learn the formulas for Excel. Honestly, you could take an eight-hour course on Excel and you'll mm-hmm. know Excel better than ninety-five percent of the population. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've learned a lot of Excel just working where I work. You know what right. I mean? Um, but yeah, it's not. It's nothing too crazy. Okay. Once you once you learn how to work it, you're like, oh, I see why so many people fucking use Excel. I can also imagine that as as an HOA manager, you'll probably have somebody who works at the HOA who's, like, their treasurer, mm-hmm. who handles all the budgeting and the accounting and stuff. Yeah. So you can, like, kind of go to them and be like, hey, listen, we need to have a budget meeting, you know, because the lawn people quit, so we need to get new ones. So I'll put together some budget proposal or some, some estimates and some quotes for what these people would charge us, and then, you know, you let me know. We'll go over the numbers together and be like, do we have enough money in the budget to do that, to hire them? And then you would have to probably bid it out, right? So you'd have to go through a bidding process where you talk to like three or four different landscaping companies. Yeah. Lawnscaping? Lawn? What is that? Landscaping companies. But I mean, technically lawn. I mean, you can can landscape a lawn. Can you just open up a company called Lawnscaping? The best one has to be um, the Lawn Order themed one. Those Lawn and Order. And it's the, it's the, it's a black trailer with a white font that says Lawn and Order. When they pull up to your house, it's have like the dun I wish it did. <laughs> Just ding, ding. <laughs> Special victims unit. Oh. <laughs> what would it... Special... Uh, Special trimming unit, maybe? Oh, maybe. Which could be a couple other things. Oh, God. Special trim unit. Hey. All right. Um, <laughs> um, okay, but really quick. Yes. That's your practical goal, right? Yeah. HOA management. Yeah, just make I money. love it. That's fine. That's good. And, it, and you know what though? Like I, I'm still scared of doing it, but I realize that it's it's honest work. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Yeah. You get paid a good fair wage for oh, it. Sure. There's benefits. There's 401ks. There's um, there's health benefits as well. Okay. And it's from what I keep researching online, I keep seeing that it's a good mix between like sit down in the office in air conditioning and do some paperwork, make phone calls, send emails. And then get into your car and go do a walk, like go do, you know, like outside field work, which is nice because you get to go out, 
You get to get some sun. Interact with people. Interact with people. You get to get out of the office, stretch a bit. Maybe while you're on the road, go grab some lunch or something like that if you didn't bring any with you that day. Sounds like you have a lot of autonomy too. So you have to make, you kind of decide when you go out, when you stay in the office. I also like managing people, not from a sense, not from like a power perspective, but because I see so many deficiencies today in how people manage other people that like the one thing I see is that there's this long list of expectations, but there's never any real like constant stream of recognition. Mm -hmm. Granted, recognition can only be given out if it's there to be recognized. Yeah. You know, if all your employees suck donkey balls, then you're not going to recognize anybody. You'll recognize them for sucking, but that's about it. You'll be like, ugh. Yeah. No, like, I'm going to have to find somebody to replace you because you're fucking horrible. Miguel, get those donkey balls out of your goddamn mouth. I like that you went, you went for the full Mexican trifecta there. I tried Hispanic. Donkey. We are from Miami. Yeah. I was, so every time I give a name. I'm glad you didn't go with Juan because that would have just been like, listen, Trump. (laughs) I know too many Juans. I couldn't do that. That's true. I couldn't do that to the Juan. I think I, if you got to get a Juan, you got to get them all. (laughs) (laughs) Got to catch them all. I'll leave now. Goodbye. Um. Okay, but what, what I want to say was, that's your practical goal, it is. and I love it, and I think, stick to it. Now, what's your dream? What's your not practical thing that you want, that you've always wanted, that you that, that is an aspiration you haven't gone after? Because you can go after both at the same time. Well, my dream I can't go after. Why? Because it's just not going to happen. What is it? Uh, to be a professional race car driver. Why is that not going to happen? So the way okay, that well, race... the actually, way yeah, no, yeah. you're right, you tool. I mean, I'll, I'll give you just a quick snippet. Professional race car driver could mean anything. I could be a professional, like, Can-Am driver. Mm-hmm. Those people don't really make a lot of money. Like, you don't make a living doing that, you know? Okay. It's just a hobby you do because it's like, oh, every weekend there's a race. I have the money to take my car, my team, and my trailer and go race. I'm still considered a professional race car driver. Because you have sponsors and shit. You have expectations. The team needs you to meet certain goals. Like, that stuff. But to get to, like... NASCAR level, Indy level, Formula right. One level, World Rally Champion, Le Mans, like, that's not going to happen for me. It's not. Is it, like, one of those things where, like, I've been driving since, you're since I was five. Yeah, yeah that's and, that's, and, and that's, that. if you look up the pantheon of drivers that exist today. Yeah, it's all that. That's the majority of how them, uh, how all of them started was go-karting or some form thereof um, from when they were, like, four, maybe five years old. Mm-hmm. And they've just progressively gotten better. The ones that didn't make it is because they either hit, they either hit the limit mm-hmm. of their talent and everybody else kept going past them. And they're like, all right, this is as good as I'm ever going to be. No matter how good the equipment you give me, this is as good as it's going to be for me. Yeah. There are other people that keep getting better and better and better. Yeah. The other side of that for certain sports, like Formula One, for instance, okay. is money. How much money does it cost to oh, buy you a yeah. seat in that car? If you start a race team, right, Mm -hmm. and you say, okay, this is my race team, we have two race cars, I have a pit crew, we have ways to get them logistically from country to country, state to state, wherever you're in, the car costs me this much, the whole thing, the whole operation costs this much. We generate X amount of dollars a year in revenue from sponsorships, right? To make money, I have to have a certain type of driver that wins and gives my sponsorships more, like... Makes them more visible. Yeah, more right. visibility. Um, so that people associate that sponsor with a winning car makes them subconsciously want to buy that product. Which is why like NASCARs are covered in advertisements. Basically. Suits are covered in advertisements. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you now have to get somebody who's going to produce for you. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's production versus money. I can either get a really talented driver that's just a poor kid who happens to be a fucking phenomenon 
but he doesn't have any sponsors. But every time I put him in a car, he's he's a genius. Like yeah. he'll win every time. Or do I go with the snotty French kid who's like, you know, he's not a bad driver, but he's not the best. But he's paying me fucking whatever. He's paying me like six million dollars a season to sit in the car. Come on down. So you have to make that choice. Do I give somebody with talent and no money the opportunity to make money? Or do I just take the, the, the initial payment? Now. Well, now. Here. That's never going to happen for me because I'm not nearly that talented at driving. Nor do, do I have that much money. But what is a reasonable, attainable goal? Right? Like, okay, that's, that's, right. like, that's like the ultimate dream. Yeah. But it's not, it's not that's super That's the stuff you fantasize right? about. Yeah, it's like I would love to be an MMA fighter. But I'm 28 years old and there's no way I'm going to be good enough to fucking even get close to getting past amateur, right? Because mm-hmm. like... They're, these people have been training since they were in 13, their fucking 14. teens. Yeah. Um, so what is an attainable goal? What is something you've always wanted to go after that you just haven't gone after? If I could get over the fear of sucking, I I think I'd have a, a shot at being a half-decent stand-up comedian. Okay. Like a half-decent. I don't think I'm very funny, but like... I think that sometimes the way that my brain works... In terms of how it looks at certain situations or how it looks at certain like weird idiosyncrasies in, in everyday life. Yeah. There's like a certain like absurdity to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I have like a way of phrasing it that I guess maybe some people might find funny. It's your perspective. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean that's usually what's funny about. I feel like that's most comedians. comedians yeah. Is that they all have a weird view and they just want to tell people what that view is and see if it'll stick. Usually the view is is like on a darker side of of the thought yeah. process, which is a lot of the times, like I feel like comedians will say the things that people can't verbalize. There's or, a, if you've ever seen uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. Which I actually don't love that show a lot. It's okay. There's some that are like really good. It depends on the cast. It depends right. on the guesting. Well, the episode of John Oliver from uh, last week tonight yeah. was amazing. Was it great? It wasn't particularly funny. Like I wasn't like keeled over on the side, like dying. Yeah. But he does say something at one point, uh, John Oliver, that he says that, you know, he talks to his wife about this mm-hmm. and he's like, I know that the things that you think that I say are horrible are horrible, but you need to understand that I don't have a way of keeping them in here. Like yeah. they're going to come out and 90% of them are oftentimes, I'm just saying the thing that most of you in the crowd are thinking, but you don't have the social awareness or the, the social safety net in yourself to say that out loud and deal with the consequences of what you say. When you're a comedian though, I feel like you do have that safety net built into your job title that you say it. And there's the little bit of deference that people give you by saying like, that's horrible, but he's a comedian. Was it a joke? But maybe it was, but they also have to say it in a funny way. Right. Cause if it's not funny, people will immediately be like, that just was, that, that was just mean. Or that of course. Wasn't, you know? But that's why you put the comedic spin on it. Where sure. you're like, Haha, and then they go home and they're like, but whoa, dude, yeah, there was some real. Sh- I mean, uh, Louis C.K. for all the things he's he's you know going through, which I think is uh, really overblown. But um, it is a little bit, isn't it? It's like it's still no, no. The way it was reported was totally disingenuous too. Like I didn't really follow the reporting. Say- I just heard the aftermath. So people were saying that, like, by the way, this happened like twelve years ago, or ten years ago. Um, <laughs> it's been millennia. He was, yeah, you know, he was a totally different person. But like, there was. People were saying that like it was these two random comedian girls that he had worked with that he invited back to his green room and then he held the door closed and like flashed his junk at them. Like it's not what happened at all. Like there was very much mutual flirting going on. He was kind of like, oh, so do you guys want to come you know, back to my room or whatever? And then like he told them, he's like, hey, I'm jerk off in front of you. And they were just like, ha, ah, yeah. And then like he did it. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, like, oh, 
Lewis kind yeah. of jerked off. And that was really weird. Yeah, it's like, okay. Which it is. It is a little weird, but like it wasn't. It's a weird offer to make it, somebody. It wasn't a, It wasn't like a Harvey Weinstein kind of thing. Like, no, he didn't sexually molest anybody. No, like, nor did he force jerk. myself on you. Yeah, he didn't like fucking lock the door and be like, watch me jerk off into this ficus. I what? <laughs> That's what he did, apparently. Into a ficus? I think into, a, into a plant or something. I, we're going to stick with ficus because it's funnier. Um. But really I quick. wasn't there though, so I can't say whether or not they felt like super uncomfortable or whether it's just that, like that time frame that we're in right now, where like people are digging up other people's pasts and mentioning this one weird time that you did this one thing when you were a completely different person, and being like, no, no, that's the defining characteristic of who you are now for all time. I don't oh. care if it ruins your career, your family, your friendships. I don't care. Oh no, but it will because it doesn't matter. Because now that I've said something about you, now that I've accused you, of look something, at the thing that's going done. on with uh, with Joe Biden. That lady yeah. that's like, oh, that one time that Joe Biden kissed me on my head and it was really awkward, and it's like, really, or a the, kiss on the head? That's what you're. That's what you're coming out with. Or the Dude. Aziz and sorry thing. What happened or, to him? Because that little brown dude. He went on a bad date. He went on a bad date. He went date? on a bad date. That's all it was. This girl went on a date with him. He he asked this girl out. Uh-huh. They they went to dinner. It was like an okay dinner or whatever. He invited her back to his apartment. She. Agreed. Went back to his apartment. He got like sexual with her, and like they were like going back and forth and whatever. And then she it was kind it. of awkward. Yeah, she stopped feeling it, and she was just like, uh, like, uh. I'm and gonna then, leave now. And then he called her an Uber. Like, no, that's what happened. And then but all of a sudden, like, she talks. Well, no, she talks to a friend of hers who's a reporter, or, like a columnist for like oh, a site or whatever. Go. And like, yeah, they turn it into this thing where Aziz, Aziz Ansari is like a fucking you know aggressive sexual predator. You know, sexual predator. It's like. What are you talking about, man? Like, at any point, like, she could have gotten up and left before anything happened. She didn't have to go on that date. He wasn't forcing her to do anything. I mean, again, I wasn't there. I wasn't in the room with them, so... For sure. it's, no, it's hearsay. From, from the description the girl gives... Right. You're like... But everybody makes up their own narrative. Yeah. I don't understand what happened here. I get you. Um, but yeah, but I mean, going back to, to the original comedian thing... Yes, yes. Do it, though. You know what? And I'm not gonna make up a bullshit. Cause you'd be like, I don't even know where to start. Of course, I know where to start. The improv right there in the Gables. I could fucking write down a set and be like, They have open mic nights. You yeah. don't even need a set. You need you need which I thought about that to five minutes. I thought about that last night as I was going to sleep. I was like, I wonder if I'm the type of comedian that would have to write down a bit, even if it's like a thirty minute you set. Always have to write down a bit. You or can I just wing it? Can I literally just go up there and just be funny? After listening to the amount of comedians that I've listened to on, on podcasts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. no matter who the comedian is, they're all, it's always the same thing. You like they you have to work your act out and you have to write it down. Like, okay, this joke didn't work. Well, maybe my delivery on this was a little too quick. Maybe but I how do you know the down. joke doesn't work? Maybe because you do it in front of a crowd and the crowd doesn't like it. Like you bomb. Oh, okay. Like you bomb on a joke or, and you move on and maybe the next joke is great and you, and you did it really well. Yeah, you remember you like, like that one was good. Okay, that one was but like that's what they do, man. They're like that's why I know, I know comedians write bits because like even when Kevin Hart, who I think is a genuinely funny human being, like I think he has a, a good, mm-hmm. like concrete sense of humor, yeah. and he knows his target audience, which Obviously, is also super duper important. Yeah. Right, but like I remember watching early Kevin Hart stand-up specials, and you could, like after like the third or fourth one, you could hear in the crowd right when he goes to start a certain bit, and people are like, "Yeah, I love this bit. I've heard this one before," mm-hmm. and you're like. I have heard this before, and it's just as funny this time as it was the last three times that I heard it. And, and I've I've heard them like kind of me me like tweak the the bit a little bit. Well, that's why everyone was like that's why like a lot of comedians were pissed off about the people who filmed or like like audio recorded Louis C.K. set Cellar mm-hmm. that like went viral, 
Uh, it was like 45 minutes. And like people were getting mad at some of the jokes he was saying. It's like, oh, he didn't wear all. Oh, so insensitive. He was talking about the Parkland kids and the shooting and all that stuff. Which is, by the way, you hear the set and it's Louis C.K. From like, so if you listen to Louis C.K. five years ago, ten years ago, it's, it's the same Louis C.K. dude. But yeah, if you're offended by that, don't listen to him. Yeah, but also that's a workout set. He's not there. He's not. He's not filming a special. Like that act isn't ready. He's working it out. He's finding what doesn't work. There's an audition. Where to cut the fat? Where to? Yeah, but like. And that's the thing. That's like the crazy thing about comedy is you have to work it out live. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in a room with no one in it. You have to present the comedy and see if people, for all the audio listeners, I air quoted, mm-hmm. uh, for them to, for, for you to figure out like, okay, do, do people resonate with this? Is this something that they like? Is this something they didn't like? Is this, you know, like there's so much to what they do in order to get that hour. Like Kevin Hart was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about how it's a two-year turnaround for his for his specials. He's working it out for a year and a half before he ever goes. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure that at his level and at someone like like George Carlin's level, when he was like peaking and same right. thing with Robin and stuff like that. that Dane like, Cook at his peak. Right. That yeah, like I'm sure that there was a point where it's not just you sitting down writing bits. It's you with writers and like your producers and stuff and being like, what can we do a little different for this next special? Like, what's going on? Like, how can I, what can I tweak? What can we just get rid of? Because we've already done three specials with this bit. What What can we use to fill that void? Because I'm sure that, like, as a comedian, you ultimately have the final say. It's your bit. You're the one that's on stage. You know, nobody can make you say what you don't want to say. But I wonder if, like, at any point, like, those comedians sit down with other people who are like-minded and they're like, help me out here. Like, th- what does this sound like to you? Is this funny to you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, from what from what I can tell, from what I've listened to, I think they do. Like, they'll go up and they'll ask their friends who've seen their stuff. Like, oh, I feel like this joke's a little wonky. Like, what do you think? Or like, some or a comedian will just come up to them and be like, "Hey, your bit's really good, but maybe if you do yeah. if you flip it and you do this first, maybe it'll help the audience Understand. familiarize themselves with you better for the punchline to hit." My favorite thing about punchlines, more than anything, is like bits that end up coming full circle. Like, and, and I like the subtlety of it. Like, when they, um, they'll, like, say, like, a little something, like, the first five or ten minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they'll come around to the very end of the, of the, the, yeah, the, call of the bit. And they'll just say that one little thing again. And it's one of those where they're like, remember? I got you. Remember? Were you there with me? You were, weren't you? And I feel like that's when I've seen people be like, I love this person. I will listen to anything you do. And that comes from planning. Right. That's months and months and months of trying it out. Sometimes yes and sometimes no. And I think that's why I want to be a comedian because I've done that before in conversations with you, with Mills and stuff where like I've done it naturally. Like we're just telling a story and I come back to something 30 minutes later and you're all just like this guy. It's it feels good to make people laugh. Like to for me, sure. entertainment. The reason I want to do it is because I want people to feel good. Mm-hmm. And especially nowadays like where I turn on the news, I listen to NPR, I go on Reddit, um, you know, whatever. And I just see this general, like, malaise and this, like, upsetness of just people like, this timeline sucks. And I just don't want people to feel like that, even if there's 30 minutes or an hour. I just want you to sit down, listen to what I'm saying, and enjoy yourself, you know? Because for those 30 minutes or an hour, you don't have to worry about your bills, you don't have to worry about how much your job sucks, how much you hate your boss, or the fact that you know, everything in Washington is fucking topsy-turvy right now, or that, you know, maybe there's a foreign country that's trying to mess with us, or whatever, What it could be anything, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I just don't want people to feel like that anymore. Yeah. They shouldn't have to. You know, life's already hard enough. Like, there should be an injection of comedy in everybody's life because you need it. Like, I'm not going to be so, you know, cliche as saying, like, you know, laughter's the best medicine. But there's, I think there's something to it. Like, there's some sort of, like, like real, natural, biological catharsis involved in laughing and experiencing comedy that whether it's really dark or whether it's really a beat like like how Ellen DeGeneres does her bits like that you just you need it like I don't know yeah, la- I don't watch a lot of stand-ups like I really don't I, I used to a lot mm-hmm. and now I feel like I've gotten away from them because I want to be funny on my own like I don't want my sense of humor to be influenced by something I saw on Netflix like I want to have this sort of like or sort of sort of <laughs> sort of I just spelled sword with an A um I want to have this sort of like I don't know, like a, I guess like an organic, like sense of comedy that I, or sense of humor that I come up with. I mean, I, I don't know I if that's mean, even a thing, but yeah, for, everyone has their own sense of humor, right? I mean, as long as you're not doing anyone else's bit, like it's not, you know, stolen or taken from anyone else, but you're of course influenced by the people around you. You're influenced by the comedy you've seen in the past. You're influenced by your day to day, you know, the people you meet day to day and the people that are around you in your inner circle, mm-hmm. like all of those things influence you. And that's a good thing. Like those are what comprise like a lot of who you are, right? Like it's, it's just all art is borrowed in some way, shape or form. Of course. Right? Artists borrow from the people that they've listened to and watched their entire lives. Mm-hmm. So like you'll, you'll look at something and I feel like a lot of the time at the beginning of something, when you're starting out, you take heavily from other people, right? Because you need a stepping stone. You need to go, okay, where do I start? Where do I find my like center? Like, okay, you need a scaffolding. Yeah. And then from there, you can kind of be like, okay, well, I like this this way, and I think this is funnier, and I think, oh, what about this? And I do, like, and all of a sudden, you start building upon it, and it's like, it's now it's its own organic thing. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I honestly think you should do it. You don't have to worry about 30 minutes to an hour. You worry about five minutes, because, or two minutes, because in an open mic situation, that's all you get, and that's all you need, right? Because the first thing you need to get used to is, one, creating, creating a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Creating a joke, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like... First of all, how do I even fucking do that? Second of all, like, you need to go over, like, the nerves of getting up on stage in front of people you don't know. everywhere, just, like, a sprinkler. I'm, the only thing, and you know what's funny, is the only thing that, that helps that is doing it. Yeah, 100%. It's exposure therapy. And That's I'm learning the, that now with a podcast. Is that like I used to hate my voice, like, mm-hmm. the way it sounds. And I kind of still do a little bit, but I feel like that's natural for everybody. And I was kind of scared when we were going to start this up again that I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. This is going to be dumb. No one wants to hear what the fuck I have to say. Right. I'm an idiot. But you know what? Like, you know what keeps me going? What does it keep you going? The next episode. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's going to be about. I don't know when I'm going to record it. If it's going to be daytime, nighttime, who knows? Mm-hmm. But you know what? The next episode is going to be fun because we're going to have something to talk about. It's going to be fun. There's going to be probably some kind of editing. We're going to add new shit. And it's like that thing I sent you. Your first podcast is going to suck. Your first art piece is going to suck. Your first anything is going to suck. Yeah. You don't get to number 50 without doing number one first. The only thing that doesn't suck the first time you have it is sex. My first time was mediocre at best, but I say that comparatively speaking. Mm. I mean, I, 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 the first time... It was time, okay, but it didn't... Like, in my mind, I was like, this was the best day of my, my life. life. Yeah. Obviously, looking back now, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was horrible. But at the time... Oh, at the play, time? In that playground, in that cement tunnel... You did it in a cement tunnel? Uh, playground. Wow. Yeah, I got risky with it. That ass. Also, couldn't go to either of our houses. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a thing. I, but yeah. My parents were gone. It was amazing. I did it in my bedroom. On my bed. 
Classic. Wow. Privileged. Yeah. No? Sex privilege Woo. right here. It was nice. You got some white sex privilege. <laughs> <laughs> the white sex privilege. My favorite. I did it on my bed in an air-conditioned home. <laughs> it was. The air-conditioning was fantastic that day. I think I think Christy and I, the first time we did it, we did it in a dark room. I've heard this story before. Yeah. You that think she's going to hate that you mentioned that or no? No. I'm, who cares? Okay. I don't know. I just ask. What? But you're going to judge us for doing it in a dark room? Yes. We're 17. Turn the lights on. You disgusting you fucks. Fucking barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> I despise you. A dark room? My God. Where photography takes place? <laughs> Did you photographize yourself? <laughs> Did you like that word I just made up? Photographize. Photographize yourself. <laughs> you, quickly, photographize us in front of this building. We're on, we're on uh, the holidays. On the holidays. Not uh, a holiday. No, no, no. Uh, but, the. but I think you, I think you should do it because at the end of the day, right? Not because like you should do a thing, but if it's something that you want to do, it is so unbelievably fulfilling. Whether you pursue it, whether you do it and you hate it, going out and trying it is so fucking fulfilling because it's something you wanted to do, and you went out and you fucking did it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. it proves to you that not only are you capable of going after something mm-hmm. that you want to do, but you might also find that like, holy shit, this is what I really like to do. Yeah, I'm good at it. Yeah. And you might be good at it. Right. You might, you might not. You might be bad at it. But at least you'll know. Yeah. But, or, and you'll get better at it. Of Even course. if you're bad at it. Like, no one starts great at anything. Like, you'll get better at it over time, right? You like, don't think there's any naturally, like, talented of, comedians who are just fantastic from when of they started? Course. There, everyone has someone that they've met that's just like unbelievably fucking funny or unbelievably good at singing or like can pick up an instrument or can dance really well for no reason. Like there, yeah, of course there's, there is an aspect or a percentage of people that are just innately good at things um, that, you know, they can step on a stage and fucking act their heart out. It's just like, how do you do that? It's like, I don't know. I, I can do it. But for the most part, I think a lot of people have to work at it. And a lot of people aren't good. A lot of people face rejection at first and you know, don't get so seldom that people get, you know, this really, um, kind of like a fairy tale, you know, roadmap to success where it's just like everything kind of worked out. And it's, and I mean, great for them. Like kudos to them. But a lot of people don't, you know, but a lot of people don't. Look at Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's story from like start to where he is now has been a roller coaster. Look at Meryl Streep, who's like the fucking, like toted as one of the best actresses of her time. And she she is. And she went through some shit. Uh, And dude, the first time I think she went for like a big audition, they were just like, you're never going to make it. You're ugly as fuck, basically. Which also, how dare you say that to Meryl Streep? Yeah, I know. What is wrong with you? Have you met them? Have you seen that woman? But she had a decision to make where she was like, holy shit, I just got torn a new asshole by this, you know, casting agent or Mm -hmm. casting director uh, and told that I was basically never going to be anything because I don't have that look and she said fuck you I know how talented I am I know how much belief I have in myself I'm gonna go fucking do it have you seen that photo of Meryl Streep when she's like 18 or 19 years old on the the New York City subway that's right after she got told that she was an ugly fuck who how you know how do you say that to that like because at the time it was uh what it was what like late 80s I think I mean based on the subway car she was in yeah New York City 1983 Summer. <laughs> so it was, Jesus Christ, <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge of precisely, New York City. Aesthetic. Precisely 2.38 p.m. <laughs> I was on the subway. I was on the L train. <laughs> um, I've never been to New York, so I don't know if the L train is a real thing that exists. I just made I'm that sure. up. sure. I don't know how the subway system in New York works. I don't know. I don't it's know. it's confusing. Who knows? There's trains that go places and they're not. I just know their maps are used as like complex wallpapers. <laughs> that, yeah, pretty and much. backgrounds for computers. 
Um, but yeah, like there's there's going to be an aspect of, of rejection and, you know, it's just part of the game, especially when you do something that's performance, I think. There's always going to be, there's always going to be people that don't like you. Of course. Always, right? That's in anything, but specifically in performance because you're putting yourself out there. Of course. Um, but if you, it has to be something that's rewarding to you because if it's rewarding to you, you're going to keep doing it because it's for you. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for you. Yes. There's your, your audience is in mind, obviously, because you're, you're, you know, performing to someone or to, to a certain group of people, but you're doing it. You're getting on that stage for yourself. You're doing it because you think that your, what you have to say is worth mm-hmm. people's time. And there's just some, yeah. like, there's some comedians that have had these jokes or these bits that become parts of pop culture, mm-hmm. even if it's for a brief amount of time, but like. Going back to Kevin Hart, he's probably one of the more recently, like, super successful comedians that has, like, some of their jokes have become, like, pop culture references. Like, at work all the time, we'll joke around, like, me and some of the guys, and it'll be in reference to God knows what, but it'll have some relevance to just being like, you ever go night-night? Yeah. And they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's no, like, I have to explain this. One toothbrush, no pillow. One blanket. By myself. By myself. You gonna like, say it with your chest. <laughs> like, calm down, Uncle Richard Jr. There, like, there, no, and we've done it too before where we make that Uncle Richard Jr. joke about him in the car. We're like, bro, why were you late? Be like, he's definitely I got in the car and I was just like. <laughs> for, the, for the audio listeners, he's making. I'm pantomiming the entire thing from that, from that bit. But he's getting everything ready in the car. It takes him 10 minutes to pull out of the And they still get arrested. Like, And I've done that, and my friends at work are dying. They're yeah. on the floor. And I'm like, guys, it's not that funny. Like, this is me pantomiming something that I'm is... I'm ruining this year. bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, butchering this bit. But he is probably, what, the greatest comedian of our time? I think probably the biggest. What other comedian sells out arenas? He does arena tours. No, I know. Like, At this point, it's not like do. a hall or anything. No, no, no. It's he like, arena tours. yo, we're going to Dolphin Stadium. We're renting it out. Like, we're blowing out Giant Stadium or whatever. Yeah. No, I know. He's, but he's an arena comedian. And I think it's mainly because his, his comedy is, it's so well placed in this, like, this sort of, I guess, uh, how can I explain this? Like, his comedy is so widely acceptable like he's talking about things that everyone understands like, relatable yeah, yeah okay. super relatable like okay. and you know what listen like he's a dad he has more than one kid he's been divorced he's been in relationships while he's, he's touring up in that relationship yeah exactly he's fucked up other people have fucked up his kids have done dumb shit they've done smart shit he has a close group of friends he has right them. he has family members his mom passed away like he had to deal with that and talk about it and like he turned his pain into comedy which, like, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I say I get it. I'm not a comedian or anything even remotely resembling one, but I get it. Like, I get that there's sometimes a point where you as a person don't know how else to deal with your pain or with your anguish or whatever than make fun of it or make fun of yourself for feeling that way. Yeah. Some people might say, like, yo, that's super unhealthy. Sure, but also fuck you because it makes me laugh. And if it makes me laugh, then you know what, dude? It's working. 
And at the end of the day, if I can turn my pain into humor, somebody else's sorrow, into, into somebody yeah. else's like humor and make yeah. them feel better, and even your own, right? Cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you can, if you can make light of yourself, like that's so important because no one should ever take themselves so seriously that. Of course not. I think you should take yourself them. seriously in certain aspects. Like he takes himself seriously as a serious, well-trained and well-educated entertainer. Yes. And he's oh, a bit, sure. and he's a consummate businessman. Like an he is. He's in this to, like, live his dream and make money. So he can provide for his family and for himself, right? And to secure their future. One that, by his own admission, was not secure when he was growing up. Yeah. So, like, I get that he doesn't take himself seriously sometimes. Because it's like, you gotta laugh at yourself. Like, yo, I'm short. I'm gonna make a bunch of jokes about me being short. But I'm gonna make you laugh with me, not at me. I'm gonna make you laugh at the situation that I was in. To be like, yeah, that that was a bad one. Kev be like, yeah, it was. But at the same time, like, you know what? I say that the, the show starts at this time. That's when the show's starting. Because I take myself seriously as an entertainer. That's, I'm assuming... Well, he's a consummate professional. Right, I'm yeah. presuming that that's his, that's his mindset. Yeah. Is like, this pops off when I say it does. Mm-hmm. Because after a year, two years of planning this tour, this is what it's going to look like every single time, like clockwork. And at that point, you have someone that... I'd argue isn't taking themselves seriously. They're taking their craft seriously. You know? Yeah, they're taking and they're and they're putting the, his he's put this fan's time seriously. He's like, I want to put together the most the, the most polished, funniest and just baller ass yeah, show you ever baller show you've ever been to because I want you to have a good time. You're paying to come see me, right? I want you to have a good time and get your money's worth. But really quick, before we suck Kevin Hart's dick for like twenty four minutes, um, I think you should do it. Wait. I think you should find an open mic. Okay, I thought you, you said make, I thought maybe I think you should, should make suck his dick for twenty minutes. No, 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 I was like, that's no, no. It's a great dick, but I can't suck it all day. <laughs> I, can't. I don't have that kind of time. But I think you should do it, man. I think you should. And I think it would be even if you go to one open mic, if you go up and bomb and you're like, "Fuck this, I'm not doing this." At least we're gonna did it. We're gonna record an episode again in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. As we usually, I will do. promise you. I promise you right now and the listeners. Okay. In two weeks, at bare minimum. I will bring you back information on what it takes for an individual to go to open mic at the uh-huh. Improv in the Gables okay. and do a two to five minute stand up. What does it cost? What time do I need to be there? Awesome. What are their requirements? Awesome. The, the roadmap for it. Awesome. I promise you that I will bring that back and I want you to hold me to it. If it helps you, I'll go up with you. Go for it. We'll do a two man we'll bit. We'll do a two. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but I'll do it. But we'll I'll just do it. record the podcast as our, as our stand up. Camaraderie. Maybe I'll go dressed up as like a hobo. Maybe I'll be that crazy hobo that signs up for stand up. I brought a homeless guy named Steve in here. We're just start talking about like pink, pink dachshunds floating in the sky. <laughs> He's had some issues. Zanu, Zanu. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Have you guys ever eaten crystal milk? <laughs> Have you ever eaten crystal milk inside of a hot dog bun? <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, that's fucking awesome because. I think that's one of the things that sometimes can hold us back is like our our um, our fear of, of of taking the the leap of trying because it's something that you really want so you don't want to fail right you don't want to be bad at the thing it's like oh this is the thing I really wanted to do I don't want to like oh I don't want to suck at it but it's like you're going to possibly just fucking do it man you just do it and it, I'm getting it okay with good. I'm getting okay with like failure like I'm becoming I don't want to say I'm addicted to failure because that's like that's a Gary Vee thing. That my sister has told me about. Gary, by the way, shout out to Gary V, the homie. Gary well, I've only heard two episodes. He's so good. Not bad. He's so good. I mean, I won't, I, won't, I won't say that like I listen to them and I'm like, all right, well, thanks, bro. I can take on the world now. <laughs> but like he says a lot of things that are motivationally and practically understandable. Like you hear what he's saying and you're like, okay, I'm not inspired to go fucking like 
bring water to every third world country in the world, but like I'm I'm motivated enough from a logical perspective to be like, yeah, no, there's no reason I can't do that logically. Mm-hmm. At this point, if I don't do it, it's because I'm making the excuse to not do it. That's but there's the, nothing actually stopping me. And two things on Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about Gary Vee is that he doesn't sugarcoat anything, which is sounds kind of like a, sounds a little, um, what's it called? What, cliche? There you go. Cliche, okay. thank you. My brain stopped. Right. I, had I had a stroke. I, I couldn't <laughs> uh, he, he, it sounds a little cliche, but like, he really is no bullshit. He's, and in the way that it's like, oh, why aren't you doing that thing? Oh, well, cause, no, you're not doing it because you're not fucking doing it. Yeah. You're not doing it because you're making an excuse to yourself and you're not fucking doing exactly. it. Exactly. Fucking do it. Don't tell me you didn't walk across um, the bridge because you didn't have two legs. You exactly. didn't walk there because you didn't want to walk you didn't, Yeah, if you didn't have legs, then why don't you fucking drag yourself? Like, yeah, or, get I a wheelchair. Myself, or get a wheel or figure it out. But see, hold on, time out. That that you said, like, oh, because I did it. Like, I, I've always had a bone to pick with that mentality. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. And it's like, yeah, but we're not the same person. I don't have the same motivations. I don't have the same driving factors that you do. I don't have the same background that you did. Like, you were motivated to drag yourself across that proverbial bridge of success mm-hmm. for a different reason than I would do it. Oh, for sure. So like, when people say that, like, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, but not always. Because Lewis Hamilton is a five-time Formula One champion. If he can do it, I can do it. No, I fucking cannot. No, I cannot. What, what he, <laughs> I mean, honestly, what I think he means by that is not that you're going to do exactly what that person did. Is that you are going to chase after what you want like that person. Yeah, like with the same vigor that they exactly. have. Yeah, you're going like, not to. Hey, you're coming to me and you're telling me you have a passion. Okay, why aren't you chasing that passion? Yeah. The passion is there, you're, just like that guy had that passion. Yeah, you're telling me about so it because you want it. Exactly. Uh, and then the second thing is I, I don't well, like watch Gary Vee all the time or anything like that. But I like following him on Instagram the same way, the same reason I like following Kevin Hart on Instagram and The Rock on Instagram and Joe Rogan on Instagram and like all these kind of like motivational get off your ass people mm-hmm. because it's the moments. It's like the moment where I feel like, oh, do I really want to do this thing? Or like, I'm kind of a little lost or a little down. And then I'll hear something on like their Instagram page or whatever, where The Rock is telling you like, you know, go sling some iron or Kevin Hart's telling you to stop being fucking lazy. Or Gary Vee's like, hey, if you want it, it's on you. Like, go fucking get it. Yeah. All you have to do is get started. And it's like, it gives me that little bit of like, you know what? Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, it's like that little moment of motivation that that can carry you through a moment, through like that little moment of, of difficulty, right? Or, or, or unsure. No, I get it. I get it. Um, that's, what, that's what I take from, makes from people like that, you know? I don't watch them like, like really I just watch Game of Thrones, but, you know. That's a sickness you have. It's an illness that I'll never cure. I don't want to cure Until it. this last season comes out. Don't. And then don't, you're all screwed. Don't even fucking don't. Alright? Don't even fucking don't. I'm going to watch the whole thing all over again. <laughs> How many seasons are they going to have once it's done? Seven? Eight. Eight? Eight. And uh, from what I hear, the last season, which has the fewest episodes of any season, normally it's... it's only three. It's only six episodes. <laughs> okay. Normally seasons have ten. So it's a mini-series at this point. But the last three episodes are two hours each, I think. What? Um, and also it took them longer to film the last season that... Any other season. It usually takes them six months mm-hmm. uh, using two units. So two full shooting units. So they're, wow. they're filming two aspects of the show at the same time. Um, it normally takes them six months. And for this last season, it took them a year with two units and they almost used three. That's nuts. So it's going to be... Apparently there's one episode that's, uh, that's totally dedicated to a battle. Okay. So two it's hours. from the beginning to the end, it is a battle sequence. So imagine like... The like, poor actors. They must be exhausted. <laughs> unbelievable. But they're it's, also it's crazy fucking rich, so... You know what? I always thought I always thought of, 
of that in that sense, like the the money making aspect of it. And it's nice, right? You get paid for your work, and sure. obviously it's part it, of it. it's That's a job. Part of it. It's a job, and it's fuck you money, where you can go now do whatever you want, right? Because as long as you live, because even if you're making what. $50,000 an episode, if you live moderately, that's more than enough money to go do whatever the fuck you want and still not worry about bills. Um, but besides that, like, I think they just, being part of a project that big, that substantial, like, imagine being part of Game of Thrones, right? Like, you're a cast member on Game of Thrones. You're part of a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, you're going to go down in history. Like, like how nuts is that, man? And you yeah. brought that character, that entertainment, that whatever yeah. it is, to so many people. Like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to think about how ridiculous that show is, like, like that that show became. Yeah. Where I was, like, staunchly against watching it for a really long I've time. I've never seen it. Like, I've also never seen Breaking Bad, but that's because I'm weird. Yeah, Breaking Bad never called me. I watched, like, two episodes. I've and never like, even seen the pilot. He dies at the end. Yeah, that's Spoilers. fine. Spoilers. I don't give a shit. He does from the beginning. He's a fucking terminal cancer patient. I don't know. I was just kind of like, I get that people are like, oh my god, the show is so good, but they eventually turn into like a cult. They're like, watch Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah. It's the best show ever. It's, like, we, we have a friend that like, if you suggest to her to watch a show, she won't watch it. Okay. If you suggest it in a very normal way. Oh, yeah, give it a look. Yeah, like, it's Mitzi. If, like, oh, if, yeah. you, tell, if you tell Mitzi like, oh, I saw the show, it's pretty good. She'll be like, hmm, maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, but if you're but like, like, you gotta, gotta watch this. Gotta watch this show, it's so fucking good. She's no, like, no. She'll break her TV and have to write over her like. <sighs> yeah, she'll she'll go to Netflix and just be like dislike. Dislike. <laughs> I never want to see this ever garbage ever again. Ah, you fuck! I don't gotta watch anything. Speaking of money. Yeah, what I have a question for you. Ooh, are we going into our? Uh, would you? Would you rather? Well, this could be would you rather's, but when, before we get into the would you rather's, um, which for listeners, I we talked about this, and I kind of want to start doing would you rather's at the end of every episode. I think or, it's fun. Yeah, just be interesting. And then, and then in the future, we can have listeners write in their would-you-rathers, <gasps> and we can pick the ones we like from oh, our listeners. Be super, I mean, we can start that now. We if could. you're a listener and you have a would-you-rather you want to send in... We we'll make a post it. on Instagram, and then just comment below, and let For us sure. know, like, what... Like, give me a good would-you-rather, and we'll pick it from there, and then we'll mention your Instagram we'll, name. We'll pick one every week. Yeah, that'd be great. That's we could do a couple. Yeah. We'll do, like, three. You hear that, Shoppers? Leave right. your comment cards. Yeah. And we'll pick the best one every week. Attention all shoppers. Attention all shoppers. Um, so money. Yeah, what about it? Like a year ago, I was on YouTube and I was listening to freestyle videos. Because every now and again, I like to get my rap on and I was listening to freestyle videos. <laughs> get it out of your system. Go. Go. <laughs> get my rap on. I'm listening. So I was listening to... Childish Gambino. He was on Sway in the morning. Word. Shout out to Sway. Um, Ooh, I think I know the clip you're talking about. Yeah. And he raps over Pound Cake. The instrument. Which, by the way... He goes off like on Pound Cake. He goes... Incredible. Off. But... Says the white kid from the suburbs of Miami. Goes off. Go off. Oh, he goes off. Um, he, like, at some point, talks about how, like, in the... In the freestyle thing, he basically says, like... It's not so much that money equals happiness. Mm-hmm. Money equals freedom. Freedom equals... Like, freedom of choice equals happiness. So they're not directly connected, but there's they only help. one degree of separation between financial freedom and happiness. It's what Rogan talks about, by the way. Right. Which, like, listen. Right now, I work retail. I make, mm-hmm. like, 16-something an hour. I don't make a lot of money, right? But yet, I'm able to help out with my half of the mortgage. I'm able to help out with my half of the bills, 
and still have money left over that occasionally I can be like, babe, don't worry about it. I got groceries this time or I'll fill up the gas tank on, on a car or whatever. You're provided. Right. You're I, I do my best. Yeah. Um, and what I can't afford to do, I make up for by, I always do the dishes, I do the laundry, I walk the dogs, I feed them, I help clean the house, I make the bed, change the sheets, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Perks of growing up in a Hispanic household filled with women. You do not make it to the age of 12 without learning how to do all those things or you will be beaten to death. Pretty much. Um, I, I honestly, real quick side story, I remember my 11th birthday. That was the last 12th, time you didn't have any responsibilities. Uh, no, my mom was like, Babo, I got you something. And I was like, oh man. Your man, own dishwashing rack. rack. Yeah, no, she like, she takes me, she's like, come here, I gotta show you something. And I go, oh, she opens the laundry, the laundry sliding doors and mm-hmm. she goes, this is the washing machine. This is the dryer. It's time to learn to do your own. I remember. I vividly remember the first day that my mom taught me how to use a washer and dryer. So I didn't know. I was just like, "Oh, well, this is fucked up. You really set this up like this was gonna be yeah, a great thing." Sure. Well, uh, I was getting a bike out of this or something. But it makes sense looking back on it now because eleven, twelve is when I started to discover my penis, and you could basically crack a sock in half. <laughs> oh God! If you went into my hamper, so I think my mom was just like, "It's time for me to stop. This, this ends now." Yeah, you're gonna fucking do your own laundry. Yeah. Um, no, my mom, I'll never forget. But yeah, living in a Hispanic household. Oh, yeah. Dog, I was cleaning floors at fucking five. Oh, yeah. Like, my, my Mopping, mom. sweeping, swiffering. Sometimes even being like, I don't know what I'm going to get. We're going to hose this shit down. <laughs> yeah, by the way, for those of you listening who are of the Caucasian persuasion, um, Hispanic people have a thing where sometimes they'll take a garden hose inside of their home and wash their floors with a garden, with a garden hose. It'll spray it out. Yeah, the floors are impeccable afterwards, by the For way. For sure. And if you know what you're doing, not a drop of water gets on the walls. No, also, magic, as far as I'm concerned. Also, it's another reason why, like, Mexican tile, like that orange tile, is mm-hmm. very popular, because it's very good for water. Yeah. Like, you can spray it down really well. Yeah. And usually, you do, like, a baseboard of, of Mexican tile, so mm-hmm. that way, like, any splashback just doubles. Yeah, it gets held in there. Good. There's a reason for all this madness. So, anyways... He mentions about, you know, the whole, like, thing between money equaling freedom of choice and their freedom of choice equals happiness, right? There was a thing I saw on Reddit the other day that said that there's, like, this, like, mathematical principle that shows that after about six months of a life-changing thing, whether good or bad, yeah, people usually kind of go back to their same equilibrium of happiness. So, like, they showed, like, someone winning the lottery and someone having to get a double amputation of their legs. Mm-hmm. On one end of the spectrum, you win the lottery. But that elation, that euphoria about like, oh my god, I never have to work ever again, I'm rich, only lasts like six months. And then you kind of go back down to your baseline happiness level that you were right before you won the lottery. Yeah. But then they said the other end of the spectrum, you have people that lose both their legs in a car accident. And there's six months where they're the most miserable human being on earth, for the most part. Some people's mentality is a little different. But then they kind of but just yeah, come back. to be a level of depression, dude. And then yeah. they just come right back to that same level of baseline happiness that they were at before they lost their legs. Because they've adjusted. Because mm-hmm. human beings are, our supernatural power is adaptation, uh, is adaptation and adjustment. Like, yeah. you put us in any environment that isn't 100% lethal to us, and over time, we'll just, we'll adapt. We'll yeah, evolve. We'll get used to it. Um, and we do it pretty rapidly because our, our adaptation and our evolution doesn't necessarily need to be physiological as it has to be psychological. Mm-hmm. And we just deal with it. Yeah. Um, and we also find different ways to, and that's another advantage that we have, is that we find different ways to adapt. Exactly. It's because not just, of our logic. It's, it's, it's not just, just the adaptation, it's the act of how you do yeah. it. Um, we can so, force the environment around us to also adapt to us. What to you is 
Fuck you, happiness forever money. That's kind of like a... That's a little bit of a loaded question for me, I think. Based on, like, your hobbies and your lifestyle right now, what, so, what would you need to say, like, I can do whatever I want now and only ever pursue my passion projects? And I don't have to worry about it. I can live off of either the interest or the lump sum, whatever the matter. Just what kind of what kind of figures do you uh, think you'd need? Honestly, the, I think, honestly, the only thing I would really need, um, like, three hundred to $500,000. It's not... Like, you can't just retire... That's what I'm talking about, though. Like, like what but, money make, makes you do whatever you want? But, no, no, no. But, but, but listen, hear me out, okay. right? Let's say I make $500,000, right? Let's say I win $500,000 in the lottery. Got it. That's a nice chunk of change, right? Yeah. And you're keeping the gonna, 500, right? You're keeping the five, yeah, the after tax. Right? Okay. So let's say it was, you know, 700000 or whatever, and then you yeah, exactly. take it out. Uh, whatever the tax rate is. Fucking theft, but whatever. That's a whole other subject for another day. Uh, highway robbery. Uh, did you work? Give us money for that. USB. So, um, it's not that simple, but you know what I mean. So, $500,000. Mm. Okay. Now, that means that I can live at a level of $100,000 a year salary for five years. Or, I can live at an $80,000 a year salary for, you know, six years. Yeah. Five to six years of not having to worry about... Bills. Any bills. Any expenses anything gives you the freedom to pursue whatever you want. You want to go back to school. You want to pursue an acting career. You want to pursue a stand-up career. You want to, you want to start building furniture. You like whatever it is you want to do. It's dream building money. It's dream building money. Um, it's it, enough money. Maybe you want to take 250,000 instead. And then the other 250,000 you invest in. I've always wanted to open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to, you know, start a, Whatever the fuck it is, right? Exactly. Like, open up a pizzeria. Like, you can do whatever you want with... We're doing the Italian Um But it gives you the opportunity to say... And that's what I think... And that's what I think, like, that kind of money is. That, like, that's what it is to me. Is I get to now say... All the responsibilities I have to deal with... Mm. I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's taken care of. Now I just get to dream. Now I just get to have passion projects... Now I just get to pursue the things that fulfill me. And in the process, when you pursue those things, you're going to give them a level of, a level of, um, a dedication, dedication, of dedication and, 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 and work ethic that you wouldn't give something that's like, Oh, I have to do this cause I have to pay my bills and I have to, you know? So eventually, as long as you stick to it, it's going to become something. That's so, that's right? a, so much smaller amount than I had in my head. Oh, if I want like, Fuck you, I never have to work again money. That's like, what I was talking about. Like, what's $100 that? $100 million. Like, okay. $100 million. All right, now, now we're in my atmosphere. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, if I wanted to do... If I wanted to, like... But I mean, at that point... Realistically, you, though... You just have money to make money for you. Well, that's the idea. Why that's why, like, my idea was, like, I'm... Ha- minimum fuck you money for me is 50 mil. Because with 50 million, I can... I know that that's enough money for me to make several small, but yet like stable real estate investments Mm -hmm. that are constantly generating passive income for me. And I can say like, I'm going to set aside a million dollars to go to like a hedge fund and they like invest for me, you know, and I can divvy the money up and say like, I'm going to put 30,000 in this CD and another 50,000 in this CD and I'm going to put some in a 401k and like, you really start you as, as Wu Tang once famously said, diversify your bonds and word. Um, <laughs> diversify your bonds, Edward. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, right. you, but you look at a prize like that, right? $50 million. $50 million. Look at it. 
If I set aside a million dollars just not to buy a property, million, not even a million. Take 50, you have fifty million. Take ten million. Uh huh. That's your investment money. Invest in whatever the fuck you want. Invest in property. Invest in businesses. Invest in right. stocks. I what do you have forty million dollars left over to do? Forty million. You can buy a million dollar home. Not even feel it. Yeah. Not even feel that's it. F- I wouldn't suggest it. That's not forty even Bugatti Veyrons when they yeah. were new. Like they were each a million dollars more. They were like one point four, one point three. They were crazy. People are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but like it, it's. I don't think that big because mm-hmm. I think that's like five hundred thousand dollars is way more attainable. It is to me than than like fifty million. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from with like what's total fuck you money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty million, hundred. But that's million why, like, when I and I think that's why, like, that's the kind of thought that some people have to have about people like Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. Um, you know, is that like or like Oprah and shit like that? Where like they're actual billionaires. Like their net worth is is measured in the billions of dollars. That's why you see them and they dress like normal, regular human beings. They don't drive crazy fancy cars or anything like that because mm-hmm. there's Oprah. a point. Oprah doesn't drive. Well, she has somebody to drive for her, but she doesn't drive around in like a one-off, one custom, $4 million Bentley. Like, no, she, she just has a $400,000 Bentley. No, or even just she probably has like a nice Mercedes S-Class. Like something that costs her like 100, maybe 200 Gs. But for someone who's a billionaire, that's equivalent of buying a Corolla and having somebody to... That's the money even, is that's not even like buying, it's like buying a Hot Wheel car. The money is paying the guy to drive you around because yeah. the Mercedes is a one-time purchase. In the course of that dude's career, you're gonna pay him more than the car costs. Yeah, but like I feel like that's why when you see them, they're just like normal people, and they don't like. There's no visual representation of what a billionaire would look like because that's more money than you can use in a lifetime. Like theoretically uh, aside from saying like i have more money than the gdp of a country so i will now buy this country like i now own bolivia like i don't know man give well me think bi- about give this. me a billion dollars in a couple of years i'll fucking spend it not a billion I'll spend think about much. someone like warren buffett who's got like 60 something billion dollars he does not have 60 billion gates has 60 billion for sure no we gotta look it up i'm looking this up right you look now. up buffett i'll look up gates Wow, you know what? You want to know how I fat fingered this? His name is now Watin Buffett. <laughs> W-A-T-E. Watin, his cousin Watin Buffett. Bill Gates' net worth is ninety nine point seven billion U.S. dollars. How much? Ninety nine point seven. Ninety nine. Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you use the search Warren Buffett net uh, net worth, it'll immediately show you eighty four point five billion dollars. So let's go. I didn't know it was that high. Think. So go, we'll go Bill Gates. Either one. Either one. How much is it? he's almost at 100 billion who's the richest person in the world I think it's like that oil tycoon in Mexico Bill Gates oh no Jeff Bezos oh that's right Bezos in the 100 billions Uh, Jeff Bezos yada 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 this is according to CBS in 2019 and mind you and they start at 20 just take me to 1 yeah Jeff Bezos a hundred and thirty-one billion dollars net worth. Net worth. Now, net worth is a little weird. That's not liquid. He doesn't have a hundred and thirty billion dollars in assets. Yeah. Right. But it's, still, it's in property. It's in stock options. It's in other business. But if he liquidated everything, he'd be somewhere in that. No, I mean sphere. liquid right now. He probably he has hundreds of millions of dollars in liquid. He can use. I'm sure. The but the fact that he's worth a hundred. Let's say just for the sake of the argument that he's got. A hundred and thirty-one billion dollars in asset, like liquid assets, and he could be like, if I sold everything at at value, I I'd be one hundred thirty-one billion. Even if he took a thirty billion dollar hit, which okay, is a fine. ridiculous thing to say. No, no, you and he has a hundred billion dollars. We'll go there. Hundred billion dollars liquid assets that he can use. 
what is there that he cannot buy? No, nothing. You realize that he has... No, there's there's something he can't buy. I'll give you an example. $100 billion. This man has something like 120-something times the lifetime operating budget of NASA. Mm-hmm. Okay? He has the GDP of like maybe the top or like the bottom four first world countries combined. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he could go to... The, I'm, what are you doing it's this week? Not, it's not... I bought Brazil. By the way, it's not the bottom four. It's probably like the bottom like 40. Right. It's not... Yeah. Oh, first world countries. Oh, first world countries. Yes. Yeah. No, oh, I said like bottom four. Sorry, I thought you said third world countries. No, no, no. Like, all of them? Oh, that's like the lower half of the equator, possibly. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, what did you do this week? I bought Brazil. You know, and everyone in it. And I own it's, it. And I have money left over. But it's, it's like, uh, what do you do? That's why I feel like these people are not like... They're not, they're, they're not like when you see like, as an example, and just hear me out on this. When you see people who are like, I won $10 million in the lotto. What'd you buy? I bought a three piece tuxedo made out of platinum and encrusted it with diamonds. Like that's what I feel most people think in their head. When you tell them this person is a mega multi-billionaire, like, Oh, that's their life. They literally, they, their breakfast is Cheerios and someone sprinkles diamonds on it in the morning. And the milk, there's a cow that somebody walks in and they have a machine that refrigerates the milk as it exits the teat into the bowl. Like, that's their lifestyle. It goes through a refrigerated tubing system. You know what's the closest thing I can think of to that? Bill Gates. With probably the most advanced automated smart home in the world. In the world. Like that, but to me, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for saying, you to, like, you I want to be a Bond villain. You wear this pin when you get in, mm-hmm. and it changes the art in the room to your preference. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. But, like, that's cool shit because it it speaks to who Bill is as a person. Yeah. That he's still a technologist at heart. Like, he's still a nerdy kid from Harvard. But also... Who, like, he's like, all of my cool sci-fi dreams are now for real because I can buy them. But also, it's... The reason that they're at where they're at... Is not because they spent frivolously on dumb, like, boisterous shit. Of course not. They spent it on the things that made them the money to begin with, right? Like, they were practical with their money. They were good with their money. No one who has ever been good with money has been poor. No, of course not. Because if you know what to do with your money... That's why I'm poor. (laughs) That's why I am poor, because I buy statues of anime people. Um, But it, it, it is one of those things where, like, if you are... You look at all these people, and they're not ultra flashy right like maybe they get there eventually they've had their moments yeah because like okay when you hit a pinnacle of success like yeah okay you can flash a little bit but go like getting to that point yeah they're not they're not buying fucking bugattis with their first fucking million dollars i think like probably like one of the most expensive cars that bill gates ever had was in the 90s i think he bought a porsche 959 which for those of you listening and you if you don't know what it is it was a super rare like it was basically it was basically porsche's supercar it was an all-wheel drive 911 on steroids nice and it was illegal here in the u.s for a number of reasons that i won't go into he literally paid to make it legal like he did what what the law required to make it legal to purchase in the u.s and then bought one and brought it here to the u.s and then and, made it illegal and registered it no that'd be amazing that's some shit a supervillain would do but still but like, now make it illegal again. <laughs> but then, like, other billionaires, like like Elon Musk, who's like, I'm going to start my own fucking space company. Because you know what? That's where the future is going. I'm going to literally start a freight company, like Greek, like shipping containers. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it for fucking space. And we're going to design a rocket that I can keep using over and over again because that mofo will land itself in the middle of the ocean on what is tantamount to a coaster. Do you understand that Elon Musk is a 
He's a Bond villain. Is in the private sector, right? Mm-hmm. He's a private citizen. Yeah. He has not only the funds, but the materials and capability to create a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Absolutely. With a delivery mechanism. Yeah. And we allow this. Reuse. And we allow this. <laughs> we let him do it. We, lo- we allow... We drive his cars. He went, he went to, like, the governor of California. He's like, hey, I want to build tunnels under LA. He's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Are you paying yeah. for it? Got it. Thanks. Yeah. Have fun. But it's, like, it's it's nuts. But those people... Exist. It, they real. exist. But, like, their mindset is totally different than someone who just wins the lottery and then goes broke in three years because... But I think that comes down it. that comes down to the whole like I've never had it before and now I do and I don't know how to handle that. You know? And I think Do you remember like, Cribs? Yeah. Okay. A lot of that's fake though. It is. But do you remember MTV Cribs when they would go to like, we're going to Ghostface Killer's house or we're gonna go to the Riz's house mm-hmm. or like we're going to Ja Rule's house. And it would be like this like five bedroom like cookie cutter mansion like somewhere in like North Virginia or something or like mm-hmm. in like Or the, the or the hills or, or the hills or, yeah. or something like that. And it was just the blandest shit you've ever seen. And you're like, I thought you were rich. And then you realize, like, that person at their peak, maybe, maybe four or five million dollars. That, they make maybe a couple hundred grand a That's year. Rich. That's, wrong. That's rich. You're very rich. wealthy. Yeah, you yeah. got four or five million dollars. You're set. Yeah, you're multi-millionaire. Right? But at that point, like, also, even with shitty investments, the residuals off of record sales contracts with either Spotify or iTunes. If you got good contracts. Yeah. You're if making, you didn't get fucked by your management. You're going to continuously make a couple hundred grand a year for the rest of your life. But like, those are people who black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter because you've seen it all. That they come from a poor background and the first thing they do when they strike it big, what do they do? They start, I'm going to buy mama a house. I'm going to buy me and all the boys cars. Pimped out. Uh, I'm going to buy myself a house. I'm going to buy myself... I got jewelry of the dick. I got jewelry that I can start my own store. Yeah. Like, I bought a pet giraffe. Like, I got a gold-encrusted or diamond-encrusted gold cock ring. Yeah, like, all kinds of wild shit. And then you see someone like Warren Buffett, and it's like, what is Warren Buffett? Right? Warren Buffett has owned the same Lincoln Town car for, like, 13 years now. He lives in the same house he lived in. Uh, fucking do you know what he said he splurges on? The one thing that he's like, this is what I spend, like, mad money on. He's like, I just a black or heroin. Just, <laughs> an entire heroin. Like, I've never party till you've party with Buffett, baby. What <laughs> <laughs> teen? That's his street name when he gets when he gets sassy. Um, his like big splurging thing is like he. I think it's like not even like a company. Like Coca Cola personally delivers to him cases of Cherry Coke or Vanilla Coke, whichever one. I think it's Vanilla Coke. What? That's like his, that's like his vice is like vanilla or cherry Coke or something mm-hmm. like that. But they deliver it to him in glass bottles. Like the classic, like Coca-Cola glass bottles. Oh, like he was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to strike a deal here. Right. You're going to deliver like, me that's the that I thing. had when I was four. Yeah. Like that's the thing they give him. And it's like, because he can afford it. Cause Coca-Cola can be like, oh, but then we have to have a bottling machine that's like dedicated yeah, to that. And be like, I already bought the bottling machine. And if you keep talking shit, I'm going to buy the building it's in. And then I'm going to buy a controlling stake in your company. What, yeah. You want to keep playing this game? And he can because he's got that kind of money. He's literally got fuck you money because you can take fuck you to anyone you want. Well, I mean, when the government asks you for money, there's there's yeah, an issue. Here. You got some money. Yeah, you got money. You got you got, you got some money. Especially when the U.S. government asks you for money. Um, before we go way too long, should we? Would you rather? Let's do the would you rather. Okay. Too. Okay. So this is the one that I had. It's from a would you rather book that my sister had ages ago. Okay. I think it was my oldest sister, uh, Stephanie, or mm-hmm. my middle sister. I don't remember. There was one that was on the back <clears> that I'll never forget. Ready? Right. Give it to me. Give it to me. Would you rather uh-huh. have Darth Vader's 
theme song, the Imperial March, play every time you walk into a room anywhere? Okay. Or would you rather uncontrollably fart confetti anytime you have to pass gas? Wait, okay, wait. For the for the confetti for the confetti farts. Yeah. Like it's nonstop, or it's if when you have to normally when you would fart, it's Whenever confetti you, instead. It's and it's just an uncontrollable stream. Like you can't like clench your butt cheeks and no confetti will come out. Something something So you're fart. always shitting confetti. And it, no, when you fart. You no, 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 but you're basically shitting confetti. Essentially, yes. Yeah. There's something that's coming out of you in a non-gaseous form, and guess what? Now it's confetti. confetti. Okay. And and you know what? We'll make it nice. It's not even glitter, it's just regular paper confetti. I would have to say Or the Imperial March. Plays every time you walk into a room, anywhere, for all time. I would say Imperial March. Okay, things to consider before you make this your final answer. Weddings. That's fine. Funerals. Yeah. Meeting somebody for the first time. All good. Work meetings. Yeah. Intimidation. About it. Um, also, <laughs> what constitutes a doorway? Because if I Any walk... kind of entry point separating two distinct spaces. Okay, but for instance, if we go to Miami Beach right now, and we go to like, let's say 15th Avenue, mm -hmm. um, you know that that park that lines 15th yeah. has that green fence, and yeah. then the entrances to the beach from the sidewalk is that green archway. Yeah. Is door. that a doorway? Door. So basically, if you go from the sidewalk through that, boom, Imperial March starts playing. It is playing. an entryway, yes. I love you so much. Now, so you, thank you. here's my reasoning. Because if not, I me with my IBS, plus being a birthday party entertainer, dude, see? Can of beans? All right, kids, don't look this way. Who's got spicy buffalo wings? It's going to get real party ripping. <laughs> <laughs> Shit farts the clown is going all out. Is that what Team Buffett? <laughs> what Team Buffett? <laughs> uh, there is a lot of downsides to this confetti thing. Oh, yeah. One, you're basically making it so I shit no matter what comes out of my butt. Two... I can never hide my farts now because there's always going to be <laughs> confetti coming out. So no matter what, you're trying to sneak one out? Nope. Confetti It'll just time. come out of your pant leg. Honey, again. <laughs> again, babe. Paper everywhere. No, your cleanup. Oh, dude. Your life would be the amount of cleanup. Sweeping. Come on. Uh, so I think the confetti would be way more of an annoyance to me. Look, the Imperial March would get annoying, right? But eventually it would just become part of your world. And... You're the Imperial March guy. Yeah, you're now Vader. You know? Like, when I walk in a room... Yeah. Dun, 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 How long does it play? Fuck, wait. I didn't ask this. I want it to play only, like, a little bit past the drum part. So, like, a 30-second Yeah, like, a significant amount of time. That's a lot of time. That is a long time. But I still don't want to shit confetti, man. I don't want to fart confetti. I think 25 to 30 seconds of the Imperial March is fine, because that's 25 to 30 seconds for a group of people to be like, what the fuck? Who is that? I mean, you're going to ruin weddings. Okay. get over that fact. Okay. Funerals, you're never going to get invited to ever again, which is fine. Okay. Going to dinner, like going out, is going to be a weird thing. Um, and every time you come home, it's just going to be annoying. Is it? I mean, you can never... Okay, so first of all, careers that are out of the... Out, we'll out modify of, this. Time out. We'll modify this. The Imperial March will now play anytime you enter a room. Because if not, it would continuously play anytime you walk in and out of your house, technically, because that's a doorway. Well, It'll you're play still walking you, from the outside to the inside. Yeah, but... And you walk from the, your bedroom to the bathrooms while you're walking into a different room. I have fucking 14 doors to get to my bathroom. You're gonna I'm going to play the whole song. Will it repeat? No. Does I, it just like, it's like, dun, 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. dun. No. No. <laughs> that person yes. was committed suicide. Yes. 
Within a day. Oh my god. But that's how it has to go. You fuck up and you go into a fun house that has a bunch of doors. Oh my god, is confetti farts better? Fuck. <laughs> what kind of confetti is it? I told you, it's not glitter or anything, it's just paper. But is it like 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 yeah, little, little, little strips of paper? Yeah, it's a little one. Like it's, it's long strips. It's not a Tinker Day parade, dude. Okay, okay. It's the little ones that you buy at the store. I think this confetti's better. Because now your farts are fun. I mean, listen, you're going to probably spend the money on Depends now, because you're going to have to sometimes contain the confetti. Oh my god. But now every but the cool thing is every time what you take you your just, diapers off, it's a party! What if you just tape like a bowl to your ass? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting down and recycle weird. the paper. You could. I mean, listen, in a survival situation in the forest, you're great oh, when you got to start a fire. Kindling. Somebody get oh, this guy okay. beans now. Punch him in the gut. Oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, for the Would You Rathers, I feel like we should do, like, you bring one one week, I'll bring one the next time, then you bring one, and I'll bring one. Sure. So, do you want to work like that, or do you want to do it both? I don't have a Would You Rather ready, that's why. You can come up with one. I mean, I hear, look, look through the books, see if there's a Would You Rather in there. I have a literal list of some I stuff have, in here. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let me see, let me see if I can We're consulting the book. Let me see if I can come off the dome. Okay. Uh, wait, hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Hold on. What? While you look through the book, because you said something that reminded me of something. Dome. It was dome. Yes, but not in the th- not in the way that you're thinking. Like blowjobs. That one. What the fuck? I think this I thing just. It's off now. Is it recording still? It probably oh. is. Sorry, we're having weird technical what screen the hell issues. Is this? I don't want a clock. Oh, okay. oh, still recording. Okay, cool. Well, computers are fine. Thanks a lot, Mac. Uh, Robots are gonna take over the world. Um, let's see. Hmm. Here you go. You have to come up with one to this beat. This is an. I have to come up with a would you rather to a beat. You said off the dome, son. Oh jeez, I thought. I mean, would you rather freestyle? I don't even know. Put it up. Put, put it on my phones. Bring the trumpets up. Put put up my headphones. I can't hear my headphones. It's as close to yeah. the mic as it can be. Oh. It's coming to you from YouTube, from a page called Rouge. Go check them out. R U J A Y. Mm. Mm. Free plug. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm gonna ask them if this can be our outro music or something like this. Is actually oh. pretty lit. I like this. Alright, so the would you rather. Okay, would you rather... The slow fade, you see I got that shit. Would you rather every time you watch a video, movie, or show, Mm -hmm. go blind for 10 minutes afterward... Holy shit. Just for 10 minutes and then your sight returns. Anything I watch. Anything you watch. So you watch a, a DIY video. video, blind for 10 minutes. Fully blind. Fully blind. Just blackness. Yeah, just blackness. Okay. Can't see anything. For 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. Okay. Or would you rather every time you have sex, you have uncontrollable diarrhea afterward? I got a couple questions because we got we got to play the, the field here. It's not the best one. This is on the spot. No, no, it's fine. We're we're gonna go with it. The diarrhea. Yeah. Is it instantaneously after I finish? It is. You have a five second grace period after ejaculation. Okay. So you you and then uh, five, four, four 
three, three run to the toilet. And you and got it. the runs. Yeah. But like is it painful or is it just like peeing out of your butt? You're just there like, ah, and I'm, and I'm done. No, no, no. It's a diarrhea sesh. Okay. So you're going to be there for a bit. There's going to be clean up for a little bit. You're but this is only after sex. Only after sex. And you have to complete. You can masturbate. No issues masturbate. Okay, so masturbation doesn't doesn't trigger this, yeah. this fucking demonic possession anal, of my anal ass. Anal or vaginal sex. Okay. Anal, vaginal, or oral sex. Any kind of sexual interaction with another person. Right. So that includes hand jobs. Okay, and, but, it has to hand be, job. but it has to be to completion. To completion. Okay, so if you don't get to completion, you're good. Yeah, you're Gucci. Okay. You're good. And then, or, or, if every time you consume any form of video, media, mm-hmm. movie theater, anything. Now, question for that one, for the, the whole thing where I go blind. Do I have to watch this piece of media in its entirety? Like, what if, as an example, I'm walking through Times Square and I look up and there's, like, an ad for, like, I don't know, Kodak or something like that, or mm-hmm. Canon, mm-hmm. and I only catch, like, the last, like, four seconds of it and I look away? Am I not blind? Yes. Do I, okay, so just any media you consume? Blind. Irregardless of... Irregardless. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. We went... We went Miami 1998 middle school on this Dog, one. we going to the flea market versus tattoos right now? And then we're going to the fair. Oh, fuck <laughs> yes. Um... Okay, so regardless and of... by the way, the diarrhea is painful. It is full-blown diarrhea. This is a real... Stomach cramps. Okay, so you're in here. Shitting. There's going to be some Midol afterwards, yeah. possibly. Yes. Or, well... What if Midol? No. Tums. Oh, classic. Tums? Yeah. yeah. What are Tums going to do for you? They're going to help. They help me. They're not. After diarrhea, I take Tums and it helps. Really? Yeah. It oh. takes like 15 or 20 minutes. It's not instantaneous. I don't even take like milk of my... Of I take... Magnesia or something like that. I my take, Lanta. I take Tums for like... Stomach acid and shit. Yeah, I take a two for that, but sometimes after after the DD, I fucking Oof, no, yeah, no, yeah, I take two or three, and I am like, okay, we're not gonna die. So any media, regardless of the length of time that I watch it, I'm blind for. 10 you know minutes. what? Let's say that's a little fucked up. Let's say it's thirty seconds or more. It okay. has to be at least thirty seconds or more. Yeah, because I was gonna say, what if it's like a fifteen second ad? I want to go blind for ten minutes. Yeah. That does seem like a good trade off. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Hmm. But and, I feel like thirty seconds you're watching. It. And does my vision instantly come back, or over those ten minutes it slowly comes back? No, you are me. blind as a bat for ten minutes, and, and then, then just like a switch, like a switch pops. Up. I can see again. Oh, um, yeah, Got I'm, it. I can see. Holy shit! Well, look, yeah. the lifestyle implications of that would mean that I'd have to have some kind of a system set up where I always have a walking stick with me or a guide mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. Because I never know what's going to happen. Yep. You never know when you're going to have to watch it. I might need to watch something. And Your work. Hey, new training video. Yeah. Fucking yeah. God damn it. All right. Um, and then the diarrhea one. Bro, you know what? I'm going to go with the diarrhea one. Okay. I'd go with it, the diarrhea one too. Because I, I, honestly, as you get older, you might. it's very likely you'll have less sex. Just because your sex drive as a guy goes down. But also for physical reasons, maybe your back is fucked up or your knees hurt or something. And maybe you just don't have anybody to have sex with. But at least that way you can still, you know, shoot the J. Yeah, you can, you can pull one out. Yeah, you can call yeah. Manuela and help you out. Um, and you'll be all right. It's way less frequent, too, because you watch so much shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, ima- now imagine... Oh, God, imagine if you were stuck with both. Now, what if you're a sex worker? No, imagine <laughs> if you were stuck with both. Oh, my God. And it was God. masturbation-related. That meant that after masturbating... You're not going to be blind for 10 minutes, but guess what? The first five seconds of that blindness, you have explosive diarrhea. So now you're going to have to fucking Helen Kelly your way to the bathroom. <laughs> and you're shitting down your leg. Like, <laughs> my life is a nightmare. <laughs> no, and then you get to the bathroom and now you've Jackson Pollock to the wall behind you. Oh, dude, you Jackson, Just Jackson Pollock everything. You're oh, shitting my. on your dog. Maybe you run into the kitchen. You don't and know you have a seeing eye dog now, so... Good luck with that one. Oh, oh no, and you just all over. and you just and because you had the walking stick, you know, just Chinese calligraphy the doo doo onto the floor. Oh my god! You what if you shit and, and you don't know where you are and you slip? Oh, you were blind. Why did you watch that, that video and that porn? 
Yeah, why did you watch that porn? There you go. Well, this was a nice character study. This is great. <laughs> uh, I think... So I for think next episode... Good. Uh, so for next episode, I'm going to bring you the information about doing stand-up. Yes, please do. Um, I'm very excited. Other than that, I think uh, that's it. We're going to try to work into having uh, a more, I guess, organized intro. Maybe with some music or some sound or something like that a, while we're talking cue. about. Yeah, so you know what's happening. Uh, outros, I don't really... I feel like these kind of outros are perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll say bye. Yeah, exactly. So goodbye. for those of you that care... Where can uh, they find you? Yeah, well, you can well you can find us. Well, on, yes, on Instagram at the Dairy Isle. Absolutely. Um, and uh, follow us. Uh, we post behind the scenes stuff, funny stuff that we find. We're on uh, Facebook now, by the way. Oh, are we? We have a Facebook page. I Manager don't think we somewhere. have a single person that likes us, but okay. if you feel like going on there, you can. Uh, I'll uh, see you about still the Dairy Isle. It's still the Dairy Isle. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, uh, so if people want to find you, if you uh, want them to, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Jigamuth, uh, J I G G A M U T H. I actually might start a new Instagram, so, but I'll let you guys know, let my little shoppers know about that. Okay. Uh, and then we, uh, I, I'm on Twitter, same handle. Um, I'm not really on Twitter though. I kind of use Twitter as like a news feed for like life and stuff. I just follow like things that I, I enjoy and then I find out news about them. Um, but yeah, that's about it for now. What about you? Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not on Instagram. Uh, I am under the, the Dairy Isle mm-hmm. Instagram. So I guess if you guys want to comment on there, it'll probably be me or Mills that are responding. More than likely it'll be me. Um, what else? That's about it. You're not I suppose if you that. really, really want to communicate with me, and I doubt it, but you can find me on Reddit. Um, you slash Patches O'Houlihan. Um, I'm on there. I don't post a lot, but if you send me a message, you have a question about the podcast and you want to reach me there, you can. Cool. Ooh, maybe if we get big enough, if that ever happens, we can have our own subreddit. Ooh. Dog. Fun. That'd be cool. That'd be huge. Do we have our own subreddit? We all, we all fucking internet I'm, boys. I'm all about it. Be sexy internet boys on the internet? Ah, uh, yeah. Sexy oh, internet boys. Sexy internet boys. And now the FBI is going to listen to us. <laughs> Yay. Well, sadly, we have to close the doors to our beautiful supermarkets of shoppers. If you have anything you need to check out, please make your way to the uh, checkout counter now. And we would uh, love to assist you. See you next time. Thanks for shopping at the Dairy Bye. Oh, oh shit. Oh, and we can't outro correctly. Yeah, it's fun technology. We'll leave this part. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>